You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at Let's Talk Torah, no apostrophes, Let's Talk Torah at gmail.com, and we will answer as many as we can. And we still have Dan with us. Dan is still smiling. That's always a good thing. That's right. It is good to have you smiling. Oh, man, the things we talk about between the breaks are much more fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's much right. more fun. The cameras weren't rolling then, were they? I mean, I'm not sure. You know, nowadays yeah, we'll with politics, out. they talk about hot mics, <laughs> what people say. You know, that they warn you. There's always somebody videoing something. Like, you're not safe Somebody's anywhere. always listening. So, so God is always yes. listening. But, but that tape recording you don't get. I say tape recording. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a little bit older. Yeah. I meant however we say recordings. But uh, that'll be yes. when we, uh, in the next world. But in this world, there's still people walking around. That's right. We love you, NSA. Yes, yes. I wasn't even thinking that. It's just, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I thought you wanted to talk, and I'll have to make sure. You know, Dan has a, has a couple of shows now. We want to get into that a little bit later. But um, I have yard site next week. My father passed away. It's actually three years coming up. It's amazing how time flies. And I always like to say a few stories, and actually it fits really good into this week's story portion, and, uh, and we'll get uh, Dan's take on some of those stuff. So my father was a fascinating person. Like, not, not one of these uh, well-known, you know, people that are out there or something. He, in his own quiet way, he was extremely fascinating. So first of all, um, you know, all kids, you know, when we're little, we're four or five, and you go to nursery or preschool or whatever they call it, kindergarten, and the teachers have, like, one of these days, what do you want to be when you grow up? So people say, usually they say whatever their parents are, you yeah. know, pretty boring stuff, and they always say they want to be a fireman, so my father was a fireman. Oh, I know really? he said before he was a pharmacist, but he was actually a volunteer fireman. No kidding. In, uh, in Muncie, that fire department, um, that whole area, that uh, north New Jersey, south, that, that area, Spring Valley, Muncie, Rockland County, all volunteer. Oh, wow. It took them years to finally wake up and say, well, we'll give you a, um, some type of retirement huh. uh, monthly. It was so had to be voted in. No kidding. I, I, maybe they get $400 a month. Uh, something. Something minuscule. Uh, who do you think came to vote? Like, my parents said, you know, go vote because it doesn't look good if the only people voting are the people in the fire department. Right. This is a volunteer fireman. And the reason he became a fireman, I, I believe at least in Muncie, was he felt that it's such a, 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 a populated Jewish Orthodox area. If the only guys that are there are not Jewish, it doesn't look good. So he was from the first, he wasn't the first, but he was in the, from that first group of guys. Now, I thought I was a big guy. As I always say, I wasn't a fireman because I'm a little guy. He was 6'3", 220. I mean, I'm sure he said he was 190, but he was 220. He was a big guy. Yeah. It, it, he was in college in Buffalo. So I guess in those days in Buffalo, how many tall guys were there? He played center, which is a joke now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he can't play point guard. He's not big enough. But anyways, um, so he was a fireman. And, and, his, and one of his goals was to make sure that the firemen would see that there's a Jewish guy yeah. here. So you go in and fight Jewish fires, and he was there. 
one of the areas that was was in their um, in their jurisdiction, I guess you call it, was New Square. Okay. You're familiar with New Square? Yeah, sure. So what happened was there would be times where they were trying to get the trucks into the neighborhoods, and I'm sure they were they were nervous. There were issues. There were problems, a lot of zoning stuff. They didn't want people coming through the houses, and they didn't know. Like my father said, he would take me through houses. Like we. We go to everywhere. We don't say, well, we can't come in because you built this house illegally. That's not our job. Our job is to save who's ever there. But when it's built and it's not legal, there's a lot of stuff we have to worry about yeah. because these are traps. Okay. Anyways, what they started doing when they couldn't get the trucks in because they would block the road, they would send my father up front. They'd say, take off your helmet. We're in a yarmulke. And they'd say, oh. Another Jew. Okay, now we can talk. Now so they we were begin. blocking off the road so the firefighters couldn't get through. Yeah, I, obviously there wasn't a blazing fire at the time for whatever reason. That an alarm must have been pulled. You know, the school okay. sometimes something they didn't want anybody coming in because they were concerned. I guess they were concerned, so they would send my father in front, and he would say, "Hey, I'm one of you guys." Right, it was amazing. Right? Wow, interesting. So he took off his helmet, and and they created actually a position. I think they call them here, that's what they are. They're public safety officers. It's the police and fire yeah. and, and ambulance. They're all in one, so they don't have to pay him too much. But they created that slot for him. Again, if they needed him, he went into, he yeah. went into a fire. But, but it, was, it became his job. He would control. He'd ask the people where to stand, and they would listen to him because that was his job. So, and he loved everybody. That was one thing. Shalom, peace. He loved everybody. And, and the proof of was, was, I was watching a conversation one time, and it was amazing. And I was, my father didn't look like me. You know, he didn't have a long beard. He was a regular businessman, a oh, pharmacist, but same idea. But it, he didn't care if you were Jewish what you looked like. So one time there was a conversation in my house. I remember, I remember who it was with. I will not say who it was with. And the person made a statement that I, it must have been little. The person made some type of statement. Eh, let them burn. Whatever happens to them, who cares? Oh, my father got so mad. There were only a few times remember, I remember getting so angry. Yeah, and that was one of them. Yeah, one time I slammed my sister's finger in the door. I was like five. Um, but he was so mad, right? Because it didn't matter to him what, what the person looked like. Yeah. Right? We're, we're, all, we're all in this together. You're Jewish. I love you. If you weren't Jewish, he also loved you. But he loved everybody. That's great. So how does that fit into this week's Torah portion? So I tell you, it goes like this. The second part of the Torah portion, the first part is the flood. We talked about that. If you didn't hear about that, we talked about it in the first segment, sort of. We tried. We weren't so successful, but a little bit. We, we scratched. Um, the second part of the Torah portion is what was, is known as the Dar HaFlaga or the Tower of Babel, right? They, they built all these towers. They built one tower. They, some say they wanted many towers. They built this tower, and uh, basically it looks like they wanted to fight with God. We'll talk about this a little bit. And uh, God comes down, he changed the languages, there's 70 languages, and they're spread across the world. That's the gist. That's the By gist. By the way, did you hear about the new language learning app? Which one? Do you know what it's called? Yeah, Babel. Isn't that funny? I do know that. I, I've seen advertisements, and I, I keep having in mind that I should really get my hands on it and, and play the game. Oh, I'm too busy. <laughs> I just think it's cute that it's, you know, the Tower of Bubble. Well, I, I guess somebody was smart enough to know that's where it came from. Yeah. Free plug, but we will be charging them next time. Oh, yeah, totally. No problem. Totally, yeah. Our lawyers will contact them. But in any case. Or they'll contact us. <laughs> and say, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also a problem. So, I so, take that back. We love you, Babel. Yeah, see? There you go. Another advertisement. <laughs> um, anyways, so, so 
Let, let's back up on, on this whole story. So first of all, um, let's just uh, get into the conversation. Why were they building this tower? They were building this tower because they, they, I believe it's been such a long time since I learned about this. Good, good. That's but, why you're here. Oh, exactly. You know, it's funny. I thought about that. I'm like, I could use some Torah today. So they, they, were, were they, they were either trying to reach to the heavens. They were trying okay, to, reach, to reach to God. Good. Or wasn't there a second shot, a second understanding that they were, oh, I don't remember, trying to do something to, to, yeah. to become bigger. There's at least three, at least three possibilities. Yeah. I probably have four or five, but three that I always like to say. The simplest one is, you know, they had a flood a couple hundred years earlier. Yeah. They were concerned that the way God made the world, there's going to be more floods. If we build a tower tall right. enough, we'll, we'll be, be above the water. Yeah. We'll be safe. Now, again, whatever they were thinking, like, it's always funny that people want to outsmart God. Whether, uh, on, on, whether they're good people or not good people, I, we got hundreds of examples. It never works. But somehow in our psyche, we think we could be smarter than God. It's fine. It's, that's how people are. Moses' father tried to do it. Haman tried to do it. The Pharaoh tries to do it. Everybody tries to do it. Um, that was one possibility. A second possibility was that they didn't believe in God at all. They thought that somehow the heavens or whatever, you know, it, like, like Chicken Little, like the sky falls down sometimes. Yeah. So we're going to build a bunch of support beams. This was just going to be one of many towers. Obviously, they didn't know that the sky just goes forever, right? Whatever forever means. Right? So they were going to build a bunch of support beams so the world wouldn't, wouldn't uh, get flooded again. Um, a third possibility is they were building the tower um, to go fight God. Yeah. There's even, his name is Abarbanel. He makes it sound like, now again, they obviously didn't know everything. But their goal was to get a tower so high that they could launch a spaceship. Oh, really? Now, how were they going to breathe? Again, I don't think they knew all this stuff. It's hard to know. But if you get, if you could build a tower and breathe and get it out of the atmosphere, which all these things I don't think you could do, but if you could, um, then, yeah, just, get the, just let the rocket ship go. Just give it a push, right? Nothing's going to stop it. Right? It's not going to go very fast. But, again, so whatever they were thinking, but it is interesting. They all had one thing in mind. All the reasons were... Right? We don't want to die in another flood. Yeah. We'll be above the water. We'll fight God. He won't bring another flood. We'll set up uh, uh, support beams, whatever it is. We want, we want to protect life. Mm-hmm. Now watch what happens. So when I teach this to third graders, uh, it takes me a while because they have to follow. But you'll follow because you probably know it. I just have to jog the memory. What happened was as this, as this project grew, they didn't have the cranes we have. They didn't have the elevators we have. They're building bricks, and they're adding to this building this humongous structure. There is, by the way, I should have gotten it. There's a, a fascinating artist. It is a beautiful piece of artwork. He's famous. A guy, I think, from, from the Netherlands or something, he's famous for his painting of the Tower of, of Babel. It's, really? It's, a, it's amazing. It's like a wild, one of these guys, uh, I don't know, uh, 17, 1800s, I'm not sure. I have to find it. But uh, wild yeah, picture. Yeah, love to see that. It's amazing. Anyways. So, to, so as you're building the tower, you got to climb up. I tell the kids, you know, they probably had to have restaurants because it took weeks and months <laughs> and who knows how long to get the bricks to the top. At one point, something went wrong. So I, I gave an example to, to the kids in class. You see somebody fall. So your first reaction is? Help them up. Help them up. Are you okay? Yeah. That's a normal person. Yeah, yeah. What happened was by them, if somebody slipped, their first question was? 
is the brick still on the tower? Or did he drop the brick? In other words, the project became, became more important, more important than, 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 than the purpose. This is like what we were talking about in the sure. last episode, right? Of course. About doing good by people and doing good business. See, if you put the person in front. It all comes back. That's it's right. all the it's same all full circle. circle. There you go. See that? I could have just one show, but instead I choose to have a million of them with the same, you know, again, as a sign. I can't help going on the on off, off topic, but that's me. Um, so I speak. In my, in my shul, I happen to speak every Yom Kippur night before my between Kol Nidre. My, I always speak. I always say the exact same point. Always. Mm-hmm. I just have a different way of getting there. There you go. So each year, I must have 20, 25 speeches already there. The speech is always everyone should say. They forgive anybody who wronged them, and that way God will forgive you. That's the end of the speech. I could, like, cut and paste the end from each one. How I get there, I think this year I decided not to get there because they didn't want long speeches. I just said the ending. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? This is what you want to hear anyways. Okay. So, so their, their purpose was to save lives. And in the end, the project became more important than the um, the project became more important than the purpose. Fine, good. Now, the question becomes, and this will get us, this will again bring us back in our circle. So, in the same Torah portion, we have the flood. They were wicked, yeah, thieves. They did other sins. They were pretty bad people, and they were wiped out. They're destroyed. Now, a couple hundred years later, three hundred and change ish. Um, now they're building these towers, and at the end of the day, they may want to save lives, but they are trying to fight with God. Yeah. Whether you know, it's God brought a flood, and they don't want him to bring a flood. They're trying to stop the flood that he brought. So how come the, they, again, it's a guy comes, he changes the languages, he spreads them over the world, that's where 70 languages come from, all very fine and dandy. So, so they're also trying to rebel. So why God let their generation live? while the generation of the flood was destroyed. Both, you have the world, for the most part, is rebelling Wasn't against it that they were, they were working together, for the most part? Very good. See, you yeah. do have it. As they had peace. They had shalom. Yeah. Peace. That concept of peace. That's what I talked about my father before. I told you he was going to bring it full circle. Shalom, right? Right. Very good, right? And that's the last uh, blessing in Shemar Esrei, right? That there's nothing like peace. That's a... That's, uh, to translate what Dan said, because he decided to say it in Hebrew, um, there's no vessel that holds blessing like peace. In other words, everything at the end of the day revolves around peace. We want peace, peace with each other, peace with family, peace with friends. Everything has to be shalom, because without shalom, you have nothing. That's for sure. To end, right? At the end of the day, there's nothing. Yeah. But to recognize how powerful shalom is, that this generation, they're not getting the world to come. They're going to burn for everything they did. That's not changing. But they're allowed, the world will survive. The world will continue to exist when we can exist with each other. I was going to say coexist. That's probably the right word. Which, of course, again, becomes very timely uh, because, of course, it is getting close to an election, which is why I, I can't handle politics. And even though certain things I find fascinating, but... But this, this, I, can I say I something on that topic? Please, please. Yeah. So I want to say something. I don't care who you're voting for. I don't care if you're pro 1031 exchange, anti 1031 exchange. We don't, don't even care. know what that means, but okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a real estate <laughs> term. It's kind of a making a little bit of a, of, a, of a push. The bottom line is, is just like this week's Torah portion, if we work together and figure things out, we're going to go way further. There is no vessel for blessing like the vessel of peace. 
And as individuals, if we love each other and see each other for who we are and we work together, we can solve problems. If we come to the table against each other, we're going to create problems. That's the message. I don't care who you vote for, but let's be a unified country and a unified world and a unified people. I did see somebody sent out, again, I saw this on LinkedIn, and I didn't pay too much attention to it, but it seems there's two, I don't know if it's senators or congressmen in Utah that actually put out a video. And they basically said, we're friends, we want to work together, everybody wants to work together, we want you to vote, you'll vote for me, you'll vote for him. They made fun of each other. It was basically it was a, gr- a gray screen behind them. Like, no, no anything fancy, but these two guys at least were able to get up and say, let's be friends. Like, it was so sad. I, I happened to have watched um, when they were, whatever you want to call it, when they were, when they were going after this, uh, this Amy Barrett for the Supreme Court judge. So yeah. I, I watched some of the proceedings. It was fascinating, but for a totally different reason. I just like to watch how you know you can talk and not ask a question and get your point. I found that fascinating. So think about this for a second. So so Diane Feinstein, when it was all over, goes to to Lindsey Graham, gives him a hug. It was all in the news, and says, you know, it was so nice that we we were able to have for the most part good. I don't like what you like. You don't. You you're not on my side. I'm not on your side. But at least we were civil. Yeah, I mean we're human beings. I, I and I've I've seen this in business, especially recently. People come to the table to get into arguments without an understanding that everyone at the table is a human being first. All the other little tiny things that we may or may not agree on, they're so small. It's like the color of your shirt, the color of your tie. But at the essence, we're all human beings that should be working together and respecting each other. And I think that's shot in the in the Torah portion. Of is course. That even though they were looking to either overthrow God or get out of the universe or do this or do that, they were doing it together. Mashain Cain, which wasn't the case with with the, the, the generation of the flood. Right. That was thievery. So, by the way, the end of the story is that this Diane Feinstein, her name is Diane Feinstein. 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 This is Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> no, what do you mean? They came down on her. Did they really? They said, you're not, you're not a how tough could guy. you do wow, that? Really, how really? could you be, that they are friends, obviously. How could you do this now? To do this is not See, how we do business. That's sad. That is, because that's the, the fabric of our free society is that we are one nation undivided. And I think that so long as we look at each other as enemies, we're going to be divided. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. There I you took go. the Pledge of Allegiance as a kid. There you go. I don't know who says it nowadays, but I did. <laughs> that's a problem also. A different, a, diff- a, different, a different day. Different story, different show. Now, I'm watching time run out, and I, I'm gonna, I, I, and I did say we're going to talk about this. So completely, we're going to just change, change direction just for a few minutes. But um, I brought Dan down about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago. It only took us six months to get uh, down to the <laughs> studio, and he fell in love with NRM Streamcast. That's right. And, and I thought, okay, he, he does one show. No, now he does two shows at least. I have no yes. idea. So just just give us quickly, what, what other shows are you doing and why are you doing them? So I've got a show. The first one is called Dan on Top of All Things Commercial Real Estate. And I interview a professional or many professionals in the commercial real estate or ancillary services professions. And we talk all things commercial real estate and business and finance in order to provide value to my, my viewers and our viewers. It's a really fun show. We drop about three episodes a week. You can see it on NRM, on my LinkedIn, Dan Lukowitz, on all social media. Same places we can see talk, you know, Let's Talk Torah. And I have a second show we just started. It's actually called Talking Cannabis. And it is a specific show that's dedicated to 
all issues related to cannabis. So we had two episodes so far. Our first one was Barry Wolf, top broker in the commercial real estate industry. I interviewed him on Dan on Top as well. He, believe it or not, he found out what I was doing, and he's like, oh, by the way, I also, in addition to selling Burger Kings and McDonald's and Wendy's and Chipotle's and shopping centers, he sells dispensaries in Florida. And then my second uh, guest today actually was Jason Klimek, who just ran for Senate in New York under a cannabis platform. So it's very fascinating to understand how, in that show specifically, how cannabis has interesting interplays in commercial real estate and in, in, in economic uh, recovery. I mean, only because you brought up the topic, and I'm not sure if that's what you get into. Um, interesting, I, they asked Rabbi Feinstein, Moses Feinstein, Rabbi okay. Feinstein, they asked him about, I'm going to say marijuana. I'm assuming marijuana and cannabis the same, or maybe So no, cannabis is the plant, but according to federal classifications, if it has less than 0.3% of THC, which is tetrahydrocannabinol, which is one of the cannabinoids, it's classified as hemp. And that's totally legal for anyone to grow. As of 2018, they passed a Hemp Farming Act. And that has industrial uses, all kinds of medicinal uses. On the other side of the spectrum, you have... You know, marijuana, um, which is which is has has greater than 0.3 percent THC. In some cases, upwards of 20 percent THC, and that actually is a psychoactive component in marijuana. Right. So he told people he he has written down. He says you can't smoke it because because you don't you're, you're killing your brain. As that that was his concern with anything. So that else. would potentially have been with THC containing. You know, psychoactive cannabis. But all this cannabis, when when, when they're now it was talking, different. What he was, you're talking about in the Egress Moshe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was We're years talking, ago. Uh, that was probably 25 years ago plus. Oh, more. I'm sure more? It was 40, 40. Oh, so they didn't have this. Uh, it was a different cannabis world so, back then. So, so this cannabis is, I would say cannabis, but okay, fine. This cannabis is interesting. How about why wouldn't you call it cannabos or cannabosim? I don't know. I just because I know, but no. Think about it in the Torah, they talk about cannabosim. Or in the Ketoret, oh, isn't that interesting? That and the, the Gemara talked about how it was this great light, and people were happy. <laughs> and no, I'm not kidding. It's fascinating. Is this, is this true? I got it. And they were mocked your Ketores. Yeah, that it's interesting. That is so funny. It is, isn't it? Does anybody know if that's true? There's one of the spices called Kinebosem, but it's so or funny. Or Cannabis. That is so isn't funny. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I think so you're, you were, before we pushed right, off so on that. I just that, want to know, so it knows what, what people are taking for medicine, for pain, therapy, That can have zero, psych, if they want, that can have zero psychoactive components. You could smoke it or eat it or ingest it or have a tincture in in, in, in coconut oil or, or medium chain triglyceride oil or butter, however you want it. Call of Yisrael, of course, <laughs> and, and and have zero uh, psychoactive effect, zero intoxicating effect, and lots of medicinal benefits, which is fascinating. Oh, so interesting. I mean, so technically, if there's not if there's nothing that's going to make your brain go haywire, zero. And you can drive perfectly 100%. fine. Because they're worried about those people, and they they claim out in Denver these guys drive, and I don't know what they're what they're feeding them, but oh, so it's a whole different ball game. It is. It is, and, and it's it's fascinating because it's illegal federally. But it's legal on many state levels, especially here in Michigan. We've had 10-plus years of medicinal marijuana right. that's legal, and now recreational is legal. So it, it's, it's legal on a state level but not on a federal level, which makes it very fascinating because there's no other commodity that I can think of that is illegal federally and legal on certain state level, which makes us have these closed ecosystems. So every business and aspect of the business in Michigan can't be ported, let's say, to California or to Colorado or right. to New York. So it's very interesting from an economic perspective. Yeah, it's fascinating. What's, what's really fascinating, this is really not the only thing. People get so confused. My, my kids ask me, we try to talk about it. My wife says she's become an expert in politics. She never knew so much in her life. Um, people get confused what a president can do, what states can do. Right? We have a federal government. We have state governments. And even though people are very good at each one blaming the other one, 
But sometimes we got to back up and say, hello, uh, the president can't do anything about your problem over here, and the state on the other side can't do certain things that the federal government is involved yeah. in. But that's not what we do here. Have, I don't know, not much time, but uh, so many things to talk about. Here's one last one. We're going to end sure. this. Difference between Abraham and Noah. Don't wow. think too long. you got about 20 seconds. The difference between the two of them? I mean, I think that, uh, that I mean, I don't know. They definitely had different tests in life. I mean, Abraham definitely. was asked to sacrifice his son. Right? Noah was asked to forget about what everybody else said and do what God told him to do. So very similar in that regard. But I think that Abraham was, was given a test that was just, I mean, as a father, I, could, I can't imagine. Okay, so here's very simple, a very simple right to begin with. When Noah is told the world is going to be destroyed, so he has to build an ark, what does he do? He, he builds, builds an, an ark. ark, yeah. When Abraham is told that Sodom and Gomorrah are going to be overturned, what does he do? He prays for them. Yeah, uh-huh. So the difference between Noah, Noah was a great guy, but he really took care of himself. That's what he, that, maybe that's what he had to do. Oh. While Abraham was concerned about everybody else's, what's it goes back to Shalom and peace, and here's the music, and we got to wrap it up. So I hope again you liked it short and sweet. I hope uh, you enjoyed my guest, Dan, and check out his other shows. Thank you, my the production team. We have David Angel in the back. Not Angel. We have Kelsey in the back. Sorry, Kelsey. I would like some food for thought. Yeah, see. Until next time, I'm Rabbi T. Jacobson. You've been listening to that on Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it. House we can build every room inside.